I'm Dave. I'm William. And this is the Digital Marketing Lab Podcast. The Digital Marketing Lab Podcast is brought to you by Nozak Consulting. Nozak Consulting is our digital marketing agency that helps grow businesses by leveraging search. We use best-in-class search engine optimization combined with content marketing, social media marketing, and social media management. We've helped countless businesses expand their reach online and drive stronger revenue. What makes Nozak Consulting different from other marketing agencies out there is our customized approach for each specific business we partner with, which is based on a foundation of in-depth research and market analysis. No cookie cutter marketing campaigns here. If you've been frustrated with the lack of ROI from your current marketing strategy, contact Nozak Consulting today. NozakConsulting.com. This episode consists of audio taken from Nozak Consulting's SEO for Local Business Workshop. Forewarning that the audio quality is not up to par. We had some technical difficulties and a loud HVAC system in the room. However, the content is super solid. If you know anybody who runs a business and is trying to do their website themselves or has a smaller operation, this content is super valuable for them. Let's listen in as William goes over SEO basics for business owners. where I'm at in my own journey. So small business SEO, so this is what we do. Have an MBA, just like Ryan, didn't learn a thing in college about digital marketing, had to learn it all out here. They can relate. And so unfortunately, they just didn't know. And so that's no fault of theirs. And so here we are today in digital marketing, marketing our own businesses. And um, so there are some things we need to know. So don't have a huge marketing budget. I can, um, I have clients that have no marketing budget. I have clients that have massive marketing budgets. You don't really need uh, A or B to be successful. You just kind of have to have some, some specific things that you're managing, some handles. And so I'm going to try to give you a couple handles in the process today. So you really need the right strategy. And I, as a um, running an agency, um, one of the major handles that I look at is organic positioning. What we think the main keywords for your business are. So when we identify, how do we identify that? We're gonna identify your competitors. Once we identify your competitors, locally and regionally, and then we see what keyword difficulties are on these keywords, then we build your strategy. Why reinvent a mousetrap? When we find someone that's got a fantastic mousetrap, we rip it. We don't rip their content, we rip the trap. And so we don't take and scrape their content and put it on our site, that's called duplication. Um, in a classroom, there's another word for it. What is it, plagiarism? There isn't really a plagiarism online. It doesn't work like that. Google's looking to see which one's the most authoritative, most likely the original, and that's the one they're gonna put in their search. They don't need to put both of you there. So we wouldn't wanna do that, because we would just hurt our content. But what we can do is we can take it, rewrite it, write it better, add more to it, add more content to it, add some better imagery, include keyword phrases. All of these things are gonna help our pages. I'm making a lot of assumptions here. This is why Ryan wanted to speak first, but because he said, above all, if you don't understand your client and your client's profile, then everything I say to you today, you're, I'm taking you into the weeds and I'm making an assumption that you understand a little bit about your client's profile and, that, and a little bit about their psychographs and their demographs and a little bit how the, where they're at in the, in the conversion funnel. So I'm making those assumptions. I'm also making some other assumptions that you A, have a website or are in the process of building a website. And I'm making another assumption that you have some oversight over the search engine optimization, the content, the process, or you're interacting with someone where you need to have a little bit of a better understanding. So is this SEO for dummies? No. This, there would be a class before this one that I could maybe explain what search engine optimization meant down to those details. Search engine marketing, SEM, PPC, I, I skipped that today, and I hope I didn't make a mistake, but I'm looking at the age of the group. I think you guys all look like business owners and marketers, so I think we're right on key here. So steps to get started. First of all, it always starts with research, just like in a college classroom, like when we're writing a um, content in the classroom. We spent 20% of that time researching before we wrote in the classroom. Same thing applies here. 
before we write content or we build a cornerstone page, one of the main pages on our website, we do research. And so how can we do that? If you're not an agency, you probably don't have agency tools, but some of you obviously here are in this, in a niche that's side by, right next, uh, besides mine. So you may have some agency tools, and so you might get this information from SEM Rush. you might get this from Ahrefs, you might get this from other tools that are free. There are tons and tons of free tools online where you can do your keyword research. Or you can just go to Google and start typing in what you think is the top keyword and pay attention what pops up and that is going to tell you what that page one is and what Google thinks is most important to that keyword. Is that what you're doing? Then you found a good keyword. Now that's not going to give you volumes. You would want an agency's tool to show you volumes on that keyword. You could always go to Google Trends, google.com slash trends, and you can get some trending data or you can act like you're going to spend money with Google and sign up for a google.com slash AdWords, sign up for a PPC account, put your credit card in, you don't have to spend it all yet, and use their keyword planner. And their keyword planner, it is, they're changing it every year because they want to make money, but that's where you can get some volumes. What you cannot get there, correct me if I'm wrong, is you cannot get keyword difficulty. Correct. So one thing that I have in my tools is keyword difficulty. So if you're a cookie shop, and you want to target cookies, I'm going to research the cookies, the top types of cookies. I want to know all the pages I need to know that I need to have in regard to cookies. And then I'm going to look at volumes. And then I'm going to try to get some dial in on why are these customers searching for these? Are they time stamped? Are they seasonal? Can I build my brand into this? I carry one style of cookie. Is there enough volume there? Because remember when we build a website, it has a theme. And we want Google to always know what the theme is. And so we don't have pages about cars when we're a cookie shop, because we distort the theme. But we can have really good pages about unique cookies, specifically about that page, the URL, say peppermint cookies, peppermint-cookies. And now I talk strictly about peppermint cookies. I'm helping the theme of my website. So these are things that we want to keep on our mind when our, when our web developers or our marketing teams are thinking about adding content, does it distort the theme of the website? or does it improve it, enhance it. And so that's keyword research. 20, 25% of the time, I'm figuring out what I want to write, what type of content, what type of cornerstone pages I need to have on the website. Perform on-page SEO. So this is gonna be in the weeds, I'm gonna cover it a little bit, but this is the technical side of things. Believe it or not, you don't need to have HTML, CSS skills, but somebody in your camp needs to. Why? Because there is a right and a wrong. There's server-side, issues, there's client side issues, there's iframe issues, there's technical things that somebody needs to know what's going on so that we optimize our own ability to rank in Google. Who knows what an iframe is? About a hint, about a, no way. And so, um, <laughs> it was the hand that went up. Was, okay, so work on technical visit, fixes, all right? If someone in your camp, someone in your team, has to be running your website through programs that look at the technical because the technical holds us back. I'll give you a program that's free that I use all the time. It's called Screaming Frog. You go to screamingfrog.co.uk, download that software on your on your uh, web developer's website or, or uh, computer and say I want you to run my URL through this program. It's going to show you duplicate titles, duplicate meta titles, duplicate title tags, Duplicate H1s, issues in our nomenclature for the slugs. All of this is super technical. It is not beginner SEO. But I'm telling you, it is the beginning of good SEO. And so this is the beginning from when Google says, we're going to take your web property serious. Are these things that you can get in there and manually do? You could, but you can't run your business well and do these things well at the same time. That's just why agencies manage services like ours Right, we butt up against you and we do certain things well for you. So this isn't necessarily something that I'm going to train you on, maybe in another class. And then build some links. Now this is something that you can do. So you um, have a church or you have some group that you're in and you notice that they continually link to different vendors and different things. Ask them next time they talk about you to include a link to your website. There are lots of places online that you can look and it says free directories and you can list your business. 
as the business owner doing your own SEO, here are the keys. Name, address, <laughs> phone, website, category. Five things. Why are links important? Links are, <laughs> this is the, the question of the class. So how, who, let's be honest, who in here was the most popular kid in school? Or one of them, besides Ryan? None of us. Yeah, okay, sweet. And nobody that wants to admit it. So remember the most popular kids at school, everybody kind of wanted to hang out with them, include them in the plans. Everything kind of revolved around what their week schedule is, right? Everybody kind of remember that? I remember hearing about that. Google follows that model. They want to give their best positioning to the people with the most friends. Backlinks are friendships. They're handshakes to our website. When someone links to our website, it's like somebody handshaking our website and saying, that's a trusted website over there. Does that include comment sections? That does, as long as they're not spam. So um, I'm working in a forum, and I see a forum topic pops up, and I, my client is related to that topic, and I say something really smart and applicable to that thread and link them to a resource on my website, that's a good backlink. If I say, hey, I love the topic, and then secretly link to my client that's not related, that's a bad handshake. We don't want those handshakes. Degrades it? Degrades it. Okay. Um, there are a lot of companies out there, even local ones, that do that crap. We don't, you don't want to do that. It, it just, I can see all of it. And so when I see that you've done that work, it makes me question a lot of things. And so I don't want to be uh, um, left on the hook one day for a client and their business after they hire fire me and hire someone else, and they're like, yeah, look at all this trash, and then they've had an alphabet behind my back. I, that, that's not something I'm willing to do. And so backlinks, make sure they're applicable, make sure they make sense, and make sure, I have to mention this again, that they have your name exactly as it's listed on your Google My Business page, which Ryan will cover at the end. It's the same on your Facebook. Don't, be try, don't try to be tricky with these things. Your Google My Business has the same business name that's on the front of your business, and it has the same business name that's on your Facebook page, and it all lines up because these are the signals. So your name is always the same. Your address is always the same. To the T, if you spell out Admiral or you hyphenate Admiral, always do it the same. Um, and then the phone number. Make sure the phone number, some of you might be multi-location, make sure there's a unique phone number for every single location. Website, obviously, we're going to want to have the same protocol. HTTPS, if it's HTTP, S or HTTP, unfortunately, if you don't have an SSL on it, it's just a, a we'll cover that. And then whether it resolves to www or not www, you want to have the same, you want it to go right to the protocol, HTTP or HTTPS, assuming all of you are HTTPS, and www version or no www version. And then you're going to list that everywhere. And category, category is going to help rank you. Uh, the engines, the directories, they use those categories to help fill in the semantics of what you are because none of the categories are the same. There isn't a streamlined category in all these different places you can list your business. Should we pay for backlinks? Never pay for backlinks. There are some exceptions to the rule, always is. You can pay for a service that cleans up your directories like Moz or Yext. That's a paid service. There are some directories that you can vet on a one-to-one -one basis, but the main rule is never go out there. You get emails every day, just like I do. Hey, I can get you these 14 backlinks for $99.50 a piece, and it's coming from a DR92. Trust me, I get those same trash emails all day. It's a scam, it's black hat, you don't want, you want to stay away from that. Um, and then so plan ahead. We'll, we'll talk about what you can do to plan ahead. Ryan warned you, I was gonna get into the weeds. We didn't know where to start with 101, but we're gonna have one-on-one -on -one part two. So if this just jumps too far into the weeds and there's some places that we should have covered first, we want that feedback to do to help you guys build your whole SEO knowledge and, and make it where you have sound SEO knowledge, all right? So one, make a list of all the pages you have on your site. If you don't have a website, this is all the pages that you will include in your web build. This is done through keyword research. We find out what pages can potentially bring us traction to the site, which then, then can turn into conversions. People that purchase, potential clients. And if you're in, say, MSP, like one of our clients, every one client we bring is potentially $500,000.
So for you, it will all be different. And so that will, of course, define how much money you spend on PPC and, and different parts of the process. So I'm going to assume you have a site in WordPress or something like that. And so you will have, uh, no matter what your site's building, you can ask your developer, hey, do we have an XML site kept on the website? If you don't, you've got problems. This is the first question you'll ask. Do we have an XML site that show me? Okay, great. And so it's going to have an ending like this, sitemap.xml. This is what the crawlers read. The crawlers read that. There's two sitemaps on every website. Two sitemaps on every website. The XML for the crawlers, the HTML for the visitors. That one at the bottom that says sitemap, that shows me all the important pages on the website. I go there when I'm researching you and your competitors, or I'm working with one of your competitors and I'm researching you. I go to that sitemap to see everything you have. And then I plug it into a program and I see what your most important pages are and where the organic traffic is going and the organic keywords that Google's avoiding you. And guess what? I do. Make a note, need that page. Make it better. So that's the sitemap uh, HTML, the one at the bottom. The one that's behind the scenes for the crawlers is the sitemap XML. This helps us get crawled. So who's worked with Google Webmaster Tools before GWT? So Google Webmaster Tools is an analytic tool. You have to, you have to go there. If somebody on your team has to go there, it's Google Webmaster Tools. You're going to assign your property in Google Webmaster Tools. Why? Because if you don't have backlinks to your website, it's not getting crawled. There, there's, there's one way around that. Google, Google Webmaster Tools. You go to Google Webmaster Tools, you submit your property, you add a piece of code, or you come over to my little two computers over here and say, hey William, I just, I'm trying to do what you said, uh, but I'm so lost. I'll just insert that script, we'll get it so that Google says, okay, that's your property, and then we submit a sitemap inside Google Webmaster Tools, and boom, we can get indexed. Right, because if, you're, if you've got the best website but it's not indexed, then you have nothing. And a lot of you have websites that are not indexed. They're not indexing properly. They're not ranking for the proper keywords. Part of it is Google doesn't really know all the pages we have, and that could be orphaning, and or, you know, pages could be orphaned. It all starts with the Google Webmaster Tools. And so there, if you have a WordPress, you could use uh, Yoast. Yoast is a plugin. It'll give you a site map. Um, you can export all your URLs. So here's a WordPress deal where you can export all your URLs. You can also just go to Google, and I don't have this written down, but you can type in S-I-T-E colon and put your URL, and we'll list all your URLs. And so then you're going to have your framework. You've got all the pages that you have, and so this is the piece of research. What is the point of that page? What is the keyword that that page is supposed to rank for? Is it? Is it? If it's not, then we have to go back and we have to do research on every single one of those pages. My cookies page, if it's the top, when I search cookies, and I'm on page 14, something's wrong. I have peppermint cookies, and I'm ranking for buttercream cookies, something's wrong. So I list them in a document, and I list next to it what keyword that page is supposed to be ranking for. This is the keyword research. And then I individually take that keyword, and I pop it into Google, and I see what else everyone on page one has on their pages, then I have an idea of the semantics that I need to have on my page to rank for that. This is a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and this is only one little piece. But if you have a mind for it, you can tackle it. And we're gonna cover all of this over and over again, and believe it or not, the more times you hear this stuff, the more basic it becomes. If we did this three days in a row, you would be up here lecturing about it. So there are things that you can do to write down your URLs and write down the key main keyword, one or two words. Don't write the long tail. I'll tell you how to deal with the long tail. Just one or two words. It's going to call it, we're going to call it a head term. Every page needs to have a focus for a head term. Not every page. Some pages are a part of the dating game. I have a website that needs to have resources. You're dating websites that have those resources. Do I have the right resources? It's a match. So some, some won't really rank all the time, but they can be kind of a part of the dating area, resources that people expect us to have. So 1.2, find and map a head keyword to each page. Head keyword is the primary keyword. Um, and then we're going to piggyback up our competitors. So when I have an idea of what services I'm going to offer, 
I might go to Google Trends and look at if the language is changing, which has the highest volume. I might use an agency tool and see which one has the most keyword difficulty. Do a little bit of that research. Why is it that important? It, it is that important. It, this is your cash flow model. Um, unless you're a service company like an Arborist where your GMB is the majority of your traffic, um, or like an HVAC where your GMB is the majority of your traffic, your website matters. And even still, it matters. And there are many reasons. I'll try to explain a couple of them. And so one thing you can do is guess. Just take a guess what you think the keyword of that page should be. Um, and then go and test it. Take a look around and see what's popping up. And so your title tags, I don't want to get into this too much because I feel like this might be a little bit too far. But once again, ads.google.com, you can get access to the Google Keyword Planner. That is where you can test your theories. You can check keywords. You can go to YouTube and say, how do I use Google Keyword Planner? It's going to allow you to do some volume checks. You don't want to have the main keyword for a page that people are only searching 10 times a month. Or maybe you do if it's converting at a super high rate and you can make tens of thousands of dollars off of a single sale. Usually on the main page of the site, right there in our, our top menu, those would be pages that kind of target higher volume keywords. Quick question, would an SPA, a single page application get punished for not having multiple pages? Oh yeah, not punished, just well, what can you do? Right. Every page on a website has a theme, has one keyword. And then every one keyword has thousands of long tail keywords that go with it. So if I want to have my website about blackjack, but I want to talk about other things, I can't keep the theme of the blackjack page honest and true and talk about those different questions that people ask about blackjack to rank that page for blackjack and also rank for selling things in regard to cards and, and, and other tricks. I have to have pages. If I want to learn, if I want to rank for tricks, I need to have a page about tricks. I can't have my blackjack page really trying to rank for tricks. It needs to be ranked for blackjack. And so, <coughs> single pages are limited in that regard. There may be some applications that make sense, but when I'm thinking about organic, hundred more pages is better usually. So that's kind of the, the idea behind creating different landing pages. Yep. So landing pages are different. Um, landing pages can have a, uh, a value for like if we're funnel, we're running a PPC ad and I want to track how well it's converting, I can send them to a low quality landing page. If you're talking about, uh, I have a company here in Tulsa and everyone here that's in Tulsa knows that people in Sepulpa want to try to buy in Sepulpa and people in Owasso want to try to buy in Owasso. We call it Tulsa as marketers, we don't live in Tulsa, we don't realize that Tulsa is just like any other barrio, like San Antonio has all these different places you're trying to buy there. So then landing pages will help you geo-modify your service. And so if I'm an arborist, I might have um, arborist, Owasso arborist, Owasso-arborist, or um, Sepulpa-arborist. What you don't want to do is create that page with the same content. So you want to get in there and you want to modify that content and make it original. Modifying your H1s, modifying your H2s, changing the content images. Google's going to look at these as two unique pieces. It's going to help you dig in with a landing page. It really is a page. Um, because if I'm fighting in Tulsa, chances are Google sees me as a Tulsa business. I have to take some measures to get into those small, smaller markets, Tulsa, Sand Springs, and things like that. Are there any other questions before I keep going? Those are excellent questions. And so please just shoot them at me. Someone else probably has the same question. So uh, find and map long tail variants. So we were talking about blackjack. I'm focusing on blackjack. I'm also going to do research and find out all the no random questions that people ask. Where can I find this data? I can find it in Google. I can find it in answerthepublic.com, which scrapes Google. I hear you, I see you nodding over there. One of my favorite tools. Love that guy. So, um, but say you're like, hey, stop sending me to these other places. Tell me where to go is the easiest. Just go to Google and start typing in blackjack and use a wild card like space multiplication sign, you're going to see Google's showing you what the most common searches are. Use that to build out your page because this is what people are looking for. 
And if it makes sense, and you can ask yourself, if I answer that question, is the person that's asking that question a potential buyer? You've got a good fit for a long tail keyword. So that's why we don't have FAQs nested on their own page. We have FAQs built in in every page. FAQs around this keyword, FAQs around this keyword, FAQs around this keyword. We don't have some random FAQ page. They don't work. Same thing with review pages. Review pages don't work. That's why you're going to pay a company that has a service that allows these reviews that you get to come into your website and be cached or served as your unique, new, and fresh content. So, um, so long tail keywords. So keywords oftentimes, when they rank in the top three, can oftentimes rank for thousands of additional long tail or relevant keywords. That's the whole process of SEO. Making your page fight for you like it's one of the 300. That's why we're gonna go into Google and we're gonna look at these other long tail keywords that people are asking and wondering what these answers are. Two, if I'm trying to look, make a page about blackjack, I'm gonna type blackjack into the Google and I'm gonna look at every single word on that page one SERP that's bolded. Now this is going to tell me, this is going to tell me what the Google bot thinks are also important words, semantics that need to be on that page. And I'm going to make sure that when I read the content that my content wrote, writer wrote, that I include those buzzwords, table, card game. You see what I'm saying? It's going to show you these other words that it thinks the crawler is also sees on the most important and the best pages. I'm going to add that into my content strategy. I'm going to research FAQ questions through Answer the Public. I'm going to look at Google and look at what words are bolded for semantics. And I'm going to include synonyms. If there are synonyms for blackjack, I'm going to talk about it like I'm talking about it because I love it. And it's going to tell Goose that this page is the real page because it's got synonym use. It's got keyword phrase use and FAQs that are legitimate with, with query volumes, which you would need a tool to look at that. And it's got a solid short keyword for the slug slash blackjack. H1 is, this is the best blackjack website on the planet. So would you use the synonym instead of, or you use both no, of them? I would, I would use the, so there's a couple ways to vet keywords. The first way is how strong is my website? That's on the property you're working on. So one of our clients is a franchise, and they have a super strong website. I can target that huge word with their website. I could not target that huge, strong word with one of my local sites because they don't have the strength. So once I look at the strength we have, I'm going to look at the keyword difficulty of that short, high-volume word. If we're too far, I might leave that behind. I might compare it to something that's a little easier to fight for, has a decent volume, can still convert, do well for that term, gain trust, EAT, gain that authority, that trustworthiness, and that expertise. Google starts to see us rank well, people like it to stay a while. Then we start to get backlinks to our site, and then we can kind of compete for that more, that more competitive term. So, so there's a couple ways to bet it. Or you can just say, ah, screw it, I'm going to want to compete for the largest term out there, regardless of my strength. That's a little bit more plug shop style with me. So is that where you would end up like on page? Yeah, page zero. Yeah, page nowhere. Yeah. Because you're competing against people that are way stronger than you for a word that has a keyword difficulty of 70, and you don't have the ability to fight for that term, your strategy is off. Start with words that we can win. Includes the synonyms, track our progress, keep improving. Everything's evergreen when it comes to our website and digital process. Um, answer the public, you've got it right there. Agency tools also ranks for insights. If you ever get access to a free tool, 30-day process, and you're like, okay, I'm going to do all my content research right now. I'm going to use this tool for free for 30 days. Also ranks for pages that rank for this term. Also ranks for this term. That's going to give us more content ideas. So perform on-page SEO, and this is a part that is still a little bit technical, but these are things you need to ask your web developer. One, our content. 
Do they understand the theme of that page and the theme of the website? Your structure, that's your HTML and your CSS, the code, these are the scripts behind the scenes. We've added a script from Google Analytics. We've added a script from Google Webmaster Tools. We've taken those scripts back off and we added a script from Google Tag Manager to consolidate all the scripts. And then we added the Bing Webmaster Tools script into our Tag Manager script so we only have one script. You can have hundreds of scripts and they, they slow your site down. So you have to be smart in this way. Uh, because every script serves requires time and every hundred milliseconds for Amazon is like hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales. Or millions. Millions? One percent. One percent. Hundred milliseconds is one percent of their sales. For you, you might not have that sensitivity with a searcher, but they do. So no keyword stuffing. You don't find blackjack and just run blackjack down the table on the web page. You're not doing it right. That's why you're going to use semantic connectivity. You're going to use keywords and key phrases. You're going to use synonyms. You're going to vary your language organically and authentically. You're not just going to use the word blackjack. In fact, um, best breakdance songs, I did a little search for you. And the number one uh, result was a Spotify, so I couldn't include that. It's just somebody's uh, channel of songs. I looked at number two and number three, and they didn't even mention best breakdance songs. And they're the top two and top three results. Anymore, Google gets it. If you've got your semantics right and enough of those keywords so they can understand the content, you don't actually have to really say the keyword you're trying to rank for. So uh, create irresistible title tags. And this is, once again, a developer that you would need to talk to. But there's behind this, the, the hood of any website, there's a, usually a place where you can say meta title or title. Usually you want that title. And that's like right there at the tab. You're looking at your results in Google, and each one has that URL. And those words you see there are the title. You can choose a different title than what's the H1 on the page. We want to have our title to basically be as close to the key word that we've defined for that page as possible. So if I want to rank a page for carpet cleaning, well then my home page, my H1 would be carpet cleaning. My title tag would have the word carpet cleaning, maybe carpet cleaning companies, um, something like that, and maybe the company name. We want to use those two spaces on a title tag, separated by a bar, not a dash, because bar takes up less space than the dash, and we want the character spacing. So separated by a, a pipe, call it a pipe, by the two biggest buckets of keywords that you want to target, and you will start kicking your competitors just that piece alone. That piece alone, I have watched it. I have seen my own website go from page nothing to position one for Tulsa SEO expert overnight just by setting a title tag. Of course, we do a lot of other things, right? But just by modifying my title tag, within a week, you're number one for that. And so you have to ask yourself on this page, what is the number one thing we're trying to sell? What is the number one thing that is catching our potential clients? And so create irresistible title tags. They're going to help you with higher click-through rates, which is a ranking factor. Use power words if you can. Awesome, powerful, proven. Include your target keyword. So use descriptive URLs when you're naming these pages and when you have your, your web developer and they're picking the slug. You're like, hey, I have to have these 15 pages and they're picking the slug, make sure they use descriptive URLs. And there is a correlation, correlation is not causation, but the top 10, the descriptive URL is a URL that tells you what to expect from the page. If I'm trying to rank you for uh, cookie Tulsa, ba Tulsa Bakery, that means that the URL is slash Tulsa-Bakery. That would be a descriptive URL telling you exactly what's on that page. And you can look at the correlation that when you have that, it helps. Ryan will talk to you all day long how URL structure is slowly becoming less and less of a ranking factor. I would tell you it's still a ranking factor. There's still a correlation. Whether or not it's becoming less important or more important, what is important is a clean URL structure that makes sense. It's consistent. I'm not using dashes here and underscores on other pages. I'm using dashes to separate the words. And I'm using a consistent style with it. Those are very important things. And Google crawlers, believe it or not, pick up on these different inconsistencies. It makes it 
feel like, ah, what's the theme of this? What's the HTML of this? So add internal links. Believe it or not, this is something that you can handle pretty easily through your web developer, or if you're your own web developer, yourself. Why? Why? Because backlinks are hard to get. They take time. I have three guys on my staff, and that's what they do all day long. They work on backlinks for our clients and for ourselves. I don't want you vetting me and saying, ah, and then I'm like, no, look at this client. No, I want you to look at me. I don't want you to look at a client. So this is how we do it. We build backlinks, we do. But before that, we have an internal linking structure that makes sense. What does that mean? That means that every piece of content that we add to our website, it links to other important pages because Google can't find a page it's not linked to internally. And it has a hard time finding pages that aren't linked to also externally. That's why we get backlinks. That's why we add it to the Google Webmaster Tools. But above all, it starts with your, your structure of your website. Making sure that, and e-commerce are so blessed in this regard because they can have related services. People also bought this. New seasonal things. And guess what? There's five links that are getting pages that are getting links. There's five more pages that are getting links. As long as you have something over 200 links, you don't have to worry about overlinking a page. You can't overlink a page until you do over 200, then you've overlinked the page. And so what we're doing is we're spreading our authority from our website, assuming you've got some authority. You've got people that have websites linking back to you, friends with sites, different directories you've worked on. We're taking that authority from the home page and we're distributing it down to also important pages that we want to rank that can convert. We share that love via our internal linking structure. Very important. So we'll transfer page rank, we'll boost authority, and then what's more importantly is that we have a anchor text system that makes sense. So if I have a blackjack table page, I don't want to have an internal link going to that page that says uh, cards. I want my internal, and we don't want to stuff this or overdo it, we want to have our internal linking structure in our menu, inside of our pages, we want that to be a part of the, the semantics that Google says, I'm going to crawl that page and I'm going to go there, and I have a feeling it's about this. And when I get there and it is that, it all works together. So you're going to lose your, use your anchor text, that text where you click the link and it goes there, that's an anchor text. You don't say, go here, check out our website, go here to find us, we're the best local blah blah blah, link them to it. Marketing services, link them to it. Blackjack tables, link them to it. Use that keyword, that anchor text, to fight for your strategy. And so you can check your keywords, you just do site or domain plus keywords, it'll show you all the pages that Google is indexing for that keyword. It's also going to show you pages that are fighting each other. That is for another day to talk about pages that are fighting and hurting each other. I'll have to go in a little bit more in depth for that. Um, and we will cover that another day. Yeah, we never want to have two pages fighting for the same keyword. So if I put in the word SEO on my website, just like this, you're going to see I've got about five or six pages that fight for SEO. That's, that's my problem. I have to figure out how to tell Google, this is really the page. But there, you're always, even if you look at the top agencies on the planet, you're always going to have pages that kind of rank for that word, that specific word. You just want to keep it as clean as possible. I want to have my SEO page about SEO, my web development page about web development. I want to have my social media page about social media. So you're not talking about your website having SEO on several pages. You're talking about other websites? No, I'm talking about mine. Your yeah. If you run mine, because that's the theme of my website. Okay. It is a theme. But one thing that I can make sure is happening properly mm -hmm. is that my SEO page is ranking first for SEO. Okay. And then if I look at other pages that are like SEO-2, I've got a problem. I need to get rid of that page, forward that page over to my SEO page. I don't want SEO and SEO-2 fighting each other. Now I might have a page, what is SEO? question mark. And how I fix this inside my internal linking structure is if I have a page for SEO and a page for what is SEO, anytime I internally link to what is SEO, I need to link with that anchor text. What is SEO? I don't want to internally link SEO to my what is SEO page, and then throughout other pages link to my other SEO pages SEO. I want to keep it as clean as possible. 
I want to keep that phrase clean. What is SEO linked to that page? It'll help Google understand that that page is really about what is SEO. And my SEO page, all things SEO, is yeah, I can link to it as many ways as I want to. Try to tell the crawlers the semantics around these things, the things that it might cover. How do your redirects play in that? So redirects um, pass all authority once upon a time they did not. Um, but say I get rid of a page and it's now 404, and I create a redirect from that old URL to the new place, all the authority and the links that once went there are now going to pass their ju juice to the new page. You don't have to worry about it. 301. Okay, so um, sometimes you're, you see that people have something pretty on their website and they put it on Pinterest. Yeah. Or people go to Pinterest and click on something and it takes them to a website. Yeah. Is that an example of a link? That is an example of a link, yep. What's your next question? That's it. That's a link. So anytime I click something and I'm off of my property or I go to a subdomain, so say you've got um, blackjack.com, but I'm selling tables at tables.blackjack.com. Tables, if you've ever noticed, tables.blackjack.com is a subdomain. It acts completely different from blackjack.com. It's like I went to a different website. So when I'm analyzing your website and I see you've got your all your material, your web developer put it on five different subdomains, we've got a problem. We're trying to fight for five, five properties here. Anytime I click something, I go to another property, that's a link. Anytime I click a page or a picture or anything that takes me anywhere else, that isn't a link. It's called external links. It takes us outside of our property. You did say that links that are related to you are better than just something. So in regard to internal links, links pointing to us. I'm talking about the external links. Yeah, so external links, You, if you're a blackjack table, you're going to have it's going to be a pointless proposition to, to uh, point to a dog kennel. Okay. Unless you're talking about on uh, companies that give back and things that we've done this year to give back, sure. and we link out to them, that's different. If I'm linking out to a dog kennel on my main page, I've got a theme problem. Okay. If I want to link to some of the associations, there are different things we can do, whether to pass authority or not pass authority, no follow, do follow, uh, do follow type stuff, no refer. Um, I wouldn't have a problem passing juice to an association. Like you're saying seasonal, like if it was a Super Bowl thing or something, yep. you might get away with it for a season. There you go. Exactly. And that actually might help you. So work on technical fixes. This is another tough piece that's kind of hard when you're running your business and you're trying to make your website. I'm telling you, Screaming Frog is the ticket. You can use it. <laughs> and it will give you all the technical issues down the sidebar. You can watch three YouTubes and you'd have a, a, a decent amount of knowledge to kind of run through it. This is just gonna basically aggregate on your site. Am I using unique titles? On my homepage slash that I'm fighting for carpet cleaning, I want something different in the next page where I've got a free quote. I would probably want free carpet cleaning quotes in my title. And it's gonna tell us where we've got duplicate titles. And I wanna tell Google that the title of this page is the same title as this page. I hate that when people do that. It's such terrible SEO and it's such an easy win for me. It just makes me look like a genius. All I have to do is fix your titles so that they're unique and Google can use that information to get down to my slug and get down to the H1 on the page and somewhere in the H2s in the content and I've got other links linking in from other websites and internal links from my own website. I'm creating a consistent theme for Google to really understand what those pages are and what that property is. And that's why a website wins, and a website never shows up Google. All this stuff is the difference. This is the difference. These are the differences. Just a sliver of them. So uh, work on errors. We don't want to be linking out to, believe this or not, you don't want to link out to a site that's not secure. So even though you want to link out to this Super Bowl thing and it's HTTP protocol, they haven't added an SSL to their site, don't do it. You're not linking or sending any of Google's visitors to an unsecure property. Same thing, we don't want our property to be unsecure because people are going to stray away from linking to us. You're losing out on backlinks. And so make sure that you've got an SSL certificate. And that is a service that we can help you with. It's annoying, but yeah, we do it all the time. You have to have an SSL on your site. And then when you're linking internally, you don't want to be linking to different protocols, dub, 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 no dub, dub. You want to be linking to the, to the resolution. Whatever your site resolves as, that's what we want to be always linking to on our site. So follow recommendations for Google. Believe it or not, I can't stand reading Google's 
uh, information is always so technical and drab, and it just like makes my not mind numb. Um, my talk today might be making your mind numb. I can relate. When I read Google documents, that's how I feel. So let's keep going. So make your site secure. This is SEO basics. You have to have an HTTPS protocol. Hey, I'm not going to take a chance linking to you because Google already tells me they don't like it. Two, when I'm HTTPS, it's going to give me a boost in rankings. I see a client come to me and I see all these technical issues. And I see the content can be bolstered and they've got no backlink profile. They don't even have age on a website. Um, but it's HTTP. Right away, I know no matter what I do, I turn that secure and instantly we're going to have an increase in, in, in site positioning. So there's a slight rank boost. It's like uh, we, we, we watch all of these things, not because one thing is the ticket, because Google doesn't work that way. Each one is like a percentage of the ticket. And so when it comes to SEO, everything is in percentiles. It's not zero or one, it's point one, zero, point zero five, point one, point two, point one. And so when we monitor all these fractions, then we get closer to that one. And so that it, it's a game of shuffling in regard to different things, technical SEO, backlinks, internal linking structure, a solid SFO slug structure, matching your slugs and your content against the keyword that you think is important for your business. So make sure your site loads fast. I believe this is another ranking factor. And so as of 2010, Google has said that uh, page speed is a ranking factor. And now Google, in, believe this or not, most of you that are marketing people will know this, but if you're not, you didn't realize this, that there was a tipping point. Google used to index your positioning off of how your site looked on the desktop. Now it indexes you on how your site looks on the phone. Who knows that? Two of you. I'm going to say it again then. So you paid your developer and you looked through your desktop and you're like, fabulous. You're the best developer on the planet. I'm going to pay you an extra $35. But then what you didn't do is you didn't take out your phone and saw that it looked like trash on the phone. Didn't have app medias. Didn't set up properly. They didn't squash the images to make sense. Increase the text. Increase the menu items so that if I have fat fingers, I can actually click those things. Google then looks at your mobile presentation and indexes you both for desktop and mobile users off of your the beauty, site speed, and your SEO of your mobile version. It used to be the other way around. How you did on desktop to find your positioning in the, in the mobile. Now it's how you look and act in a phone is what's also going to define your desktop. So mobile first indexing, how do I check that? Developer.google.com, it gives you right there, slash speed, slash page speed, slash insights. If you've got a site that's heavy and clunky, there are things you can do. You can get a CDN, CDN caches it. You can get caching plugins. They will help cache static assets. There are things that you can do internally in the site. Use CDNs, cache it in different servers throughout the country. If you've got a website that's supposed to, you built it here in Tulsa, you built it on local servers, maybe in Wichita. You're trying to serve it in San Francisco. They're pulling it from Wichita servers. You can buy a CDN like Cloudflare, or if you use GoDaddy, you can get their CDNs. And it's going to index it in servers closer to the users, and so it will serve it closer, affecting your ranking across the country. A lot of us just have local sites, and so it kind of serves from local servers. And so you don't really have to focus too much on CDN, but if you have a big site and you need to be faster, because for Amazon, every 100 milliseconds, even 1% of sales, for you, it might be the same. It might be from position three to position two, page two to page one. So build some links. This is where you've got to start thinking. How, who do I know that has a website? Who that I know is a blogger? I know so many bloggers. I just ran a Craigslist ad once when I didn't have a blogger network. I just said, hey, I'm looking for a blogger. Well, guess what? These bloggers write for other places. So I'm like, you write for who? I will pay you to write an article about my client on that and link back to my client. I will pay you. Write content for them. Double did. I don't care. Get paid from them. I'll pay you for the content. Put it on their domain. Link to my client. Is that paying for a link? You call it what you want. <laughs> but I need backlinks for my clients. And that's one way you can get them. Two, we can look at broken links across the, across the web. We can look at 
resources that are being linked to, dead links, there's so many different ways. So link, content, rank brain, these are the three top ranking factors. If you don't have links, and you don't have great content, and you're not getting uh, the boost in rank brain, you're not ranking. Can you go back to say you're trying to every now and then? So in regard to arborists, for you, Ryan's next lecture, which is about to happen here in two or three minutes, is about the Google My Business, the free pack. For an arborist that has a client that's looking for the first thing, the highest thing to pop up, and they're going to put a location or a number, your main thing is the snack pack. So everything we need to do in organic needs to be affecting the snack pack positioning. He has an entire different bag of tricks that are complementary to what we do that help the snack pack rank. Because it's, it's changing all the time, Google's trying new things, and um, so for you, it's really about, I have to watch the position of my snack pack, the top three, continually get reviews, the, the veracity of it, how fast are they coming in, are they coming in consistently, did I clunk up 20 or 30? This is a part of your SEO. Do I have people coming in all the time? Am I asking them to review me? Are they mentioning my service? If I can encourage them to mention my service, and then I reply to them and say, thank you, it's my goal to be the best art person in Wasso. You rock. Google scrapes that. Google scrapes the response. Uh, I don't want to say what he's going to talk about, because I can, because I have to listen to this guy all day long. And so he's going to tell you that I'm going to add uh, longitudinal latitude latitudinal lines in your photos. And I'm going to put keywords in those photos, and I'm going to upload them up to Google My Business. Why? Because Google Business isn't like Facebook and Instagram where they scrape that metadata. They actually allow you to have it. So these are this is what he does for his clients, because he understands that the snack pack is everything. Is that good? that help? All right. You back, Thank you. back in with us? All right. You spell your name Yeah, that is my um, I do. So community site link builds. So discussion boards. Talking on a, a blackjack discussion board, having time, being involved over time. Eventually, as you build trust and, and they see you've interacted for a while, they're going to let you talk about your business a little bit. Until you build that trust, they'll just kick you off and leave. Um, Quora. I answer questions all the time about Quora. Um, and so you can too. Ask, answer questions about when you see it pop up, because I'm in different buckets. Get in there and answer it. Eventually, you're going to be able to say, hey, people keep asking this. I'm going to make a resource, and I'm going to point to it. Drive some traffic. Facebook groups. Q-U-O-R-A. It's like the new thing. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. In fact, I was on the phone the other day with SEO Inc., one of the top agencies on the planet. So I have a client that's a franchise, 500 units. So I have to tandem with one of the largest agencies in the, um, in the U.S., unfortunately. It's, it's cool. And it was just funny to listen to them hear that word pop out of their mouth. Because he goes, well, you, what are you keeping your eye on? And he said, uh, Quora. I was like, wow. That has gained traction fast. And so I watch Quora, and I you can interact, add a massive amounts of content, and then link them back to resources. All right? Reddit's another one of them. It's a little bit harder, but you have to spend time in it and develop trust with them. And LinkedIn, um, my social media manager will tell you, she posts our stuff to Instagram, Facebook, and she links it also into, into LinkedIn. We have great content, and you're in those groups, you can share that content. Who is it about? It's about the end user. Are you trying to spam them? Are you trying to add quality to their, to their group? Are you trying to increase or improve the, the um, how much fun people are having, or are you just trying to say, here I am, go there, if I see it. You do that, it doesn't work. So replicate your competitor's backlinks, you'll need an agency. I can see all the backlinks that your competitors have, and we can just start going down the line and try duplicating them. You can look at free tools and say, how much authority does my competitor have, right? Because it's all about market share. The business is competition. Market share. When you have all of the pie, I have none of the pie. When you lose some of the pie to my marketing and SEO efforts, you have less of the pie. I have some of the pie. That, that's marketing, that's business. It, it is approaching upon someone else's turf. Someone else is getting those sales. Yes, some things can create pain points or can create, uh, can create services that don't fight with someone else. But likely, all of us are fighting with someone else that are serving seeing the same clients. Right, either via a substitute or just someone that's offering something similar. 
So what do we do, right? This is a lot. And, and Ryan warned you, you should have left when he told you I was going to get into the weeds. But this is, he and I, we were here at 36, and I had to listen to him talk all day, and he has to listen to me talk all day. And this is what he continues to ask. Be so far in the weeds right now. That's just where I live. And so I understand that some of this could have been a little far in the weeds. And that's why we I do plan on creating other 101s, 100s, to have, to back up the truck a little bit for anyone that needed the truck backed up a little bit. We're also going to go further and deep dive down into this rabbit hole to say, what else can I learn from this guy? I'm not trying to teach a competitor how to do what we do. I am trying to teach you how to be better at you. And if it's somewhere along the way we have an interaction that makes sense, then that makes sense. I, I was a college educator for 10 years. It is so long that they moved me up to director of education. Clearly, I love this. Um, I enjoy teaching business owners. I obviously would not enjoy teaching my competitors what I do because they're not telling me what they do. So, what's your, uh, once you've done so far is to optimize your existing site for better rankings, right? Everything, everything assumes you have a website. If you don't have a website, you don't have optimization. You can't buy your domain and link it to your Facebook. It doesn't work because we're parking it. And Google doesn't look at that as aging. You want to have content there. Start to let the crawlers figure out what the theme is. We don't just park it and, and say it's going to age it. But it ages is a small thing. So generally speaking, the more pages you have, the more keywords for which you can rank. Generally speaking, you don't want to have spammy pages that are just fighting one another. That, that was 2009 SEO. Things have changed. Uh, AI has gotten smart, smarter. The bots are smarter. The algorithms are smarter. They can figure out synonyms and keyword can clusters. And so, uh, if you want more search traffic, you need to create more pages that rank. How? Research. Research additional pages that make sense in the theme of your website. Find an SEO like myself and say, hey, I want to pay you for a competitive intelligence report. I want to know what my competitors have that I don't have. And in that, we do a GAC analysis. What keywords are they in that we're not even in the search? There's where you might start on additional content that we could use, a GAC analysis. This, this is typically easy. We're not there. We should be there. Um, what additional pages, seasonal pages, uh, bureau, uh, borough, when we're trying to dig into boroughs? Um, or, or just different parts of a larger metro. And so target informational keywords, right? There's three, three reasons people do queries in Google. It's transactional, informational, and directional. Try to target the informational. Like me, I'm giving you some techniques. Why? Because when we do this on Google for DIYs and we help people, Google likes that. Google likes us to share a little bit. It helps them to really fill in the gaps on what we are and what we're trying to rank for. So create a piece of content uh, that matches search intent. It's all about the user. Ryan said it. It starts with the user, and it ends with the user. But all in between, I say, it's about the bot. It's about those bots, right? Because I can have all the greatest content in the world, but if I can't get straight to where the bots understand really what I'm trying to do, then I'm not helping my end user. But if you look through the lens of my customer, and as you exit this content strategy, thinking about your customer, while also thinking about how my bots are serving those pages that are already incumbents in the service I want to be in, and how are they doing it? I can go to any page that you are in, or any SERP that you're in, and I look at your page, and what am I going to do? I'm going to hit a control F, and I'm going to look at how many times you mentioned the keyword, and I'm going to look how many times you mentioned some synonym. And I'm going to look at any weird buzzwords that I'm like, ooh, that's a $3 word. I don't see that very often. Google loves that stuff. And I'm going to look at how you created your collage for that page. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to give myself some baselines. I really need to mention these words a couple times. Have it in my H1, have it in that H2 and whatnot. All right? Are there any other questions before I switch it back to Ryan? Okay. How uh, do videos help in ranking? Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So there's another program you can use. It's called Sewell, S-O-O-V-L-E. Um, I'm not going to go into how much money Ryan has made off of being a video guru. I'm just not. It's not appropriate. 
but, but it will make you also contradict <laughs> with page load if you don't know what you're doing. So yeah, you take that. Yeah, so um, you would probably want to create videos in YouTube or Facebook videos, and then nest those in iframe in your website. Well, the how I think they help is if you think of YouTube as a vertical web search engine. Those people are in that channel searching for those things. If we use our title tags to match up against those queries, we can have the content video. In my opinion, the best blog post has text, downloadable PDF, a video, and an audio. Four different formats. That's the best. Because we're in four different media. I can listen to an audio, I can watch the video about it, I can download it and read it on my own, or I can read it right here and spend time on the website. I can put tracking on all of those things when you download it. Are you talking about one blog? One blog. Yeah. And so that's why I'm recording here, because I have a podcast, and we put this into our blogs. And so you can turn this audio into a video and just put a picture up there and use it in your YouTube strategy and embed those in your website and iframes. It can get a little technical. You can really screw your pages up if you're not careful. It would take pretty stupid things with YouTube because YouTube makes it easy to embed pretty light embeds. If you're embedding your own video, you never want to, you never want to have a page over two megabytes. So whenever I go to tools.pingman.com and I pin a, ping a page, if I have a page over two megabytes, I need to be asking myself, what else can I do to lower the size of this? Because when our pages to load in 1.5 seconds, it's super hard to do that. But that's the benchmark we hold for ourselves. Sometimes the sites are so big and robust, we have to use CDNs, caching plugins, different techniques to speed up the page. A second question is how often should an owner or a business update their page? Uh, all the time. All the time. Monthly. Yeah, so, so think about this. I'm going to have my blog, and I'm going to add additional content on my blog. I'm going to write about some seasonal things that decay and they're worthless. They're useless over time. But the majority of things I want to write in my blog should be things that are applicable all the time. So I write, these are the tips in 2008. And the next year I go back and I modify it, make some changes, and these are now the tips of 2009. And every year I modify that, 2010. So that would be yearly. But then when, you, when you're getting this data and you're like, my page is starting to fight for this keyword, I go to that page and I keep analyzing it. How can I add more content, more page twos, more information about that keyword? Until you're position one for that keyword, there's always work to be done. But still, there's always work to be done because your competitors are working, they're hiring people like me, they're hiring people like him, they're hiring people like other people that are awful. And so they're, they're doing things that are trying to change their position, right? Well, that was and so um, there are some other really good people, I'm sure. Um, so <laughs> I am really this ridiculous all day. And so um, what you want to do is you want to, if you're not on that keyword, you're always working. And when you are on that keyword, you're always working. Modifications could just mean small, tiny, mighty changes or pull out overhauls. Any other questions before I put back around? Yeah. Um, okay, so at my old marketing job, we, there's a big buzz for they might come be hired a SEO branding company to totally overhaul everything. Yeah. But the big buzzword that was happening was just three years ago was like basic or landing page, landing page, landing yeah. page. And so it was uh, software was the industry, so there was a different grouping of modules, you know, so it could find that client, I guess. But what when it doesn't really lead into it because the typical landing that they would create is trash. Yeah, so what yeah. is that doing, really? I mean, so, what does it do? That's a great question. Um, there are a couple different types of landing pages. Ryan would tell you this from a completely different perspective, but here's my SEO perspective. You can have a landing page to have a place that when someone completes an action on my site, it takes them to that landing page. I can track that action. I can see that they went to that URL. That doesn't have to be content-rich. It really just has to focus on conversion or whatever piece is next. Like if I'm trying to get into that page, I want that page to convert. If they're trying to rank a landing page in specific cities, you have to take it to the next step. You can't just rip out a thousand pages, geo-modify your service, have the same thing, have a, a bot that changes your H1 to the geo-modified service and call it good, you can't. 
what you have to do is you have to kind of, and this becomes managed service. And people that run on just bots hate this because they're like, ah, I can't just kick out a solution. Nope, no, you can't. You have to get in there and you have to, of course, modify the slug, which typically their solution will have done. It will probably have modified the H1, but what it won't have done is it won't have worked on the semantics of the content. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn a little bit about that city if I really care about my conversions for those pages. And I'm going to figure out what the important keyword is. Likely it's the geo-modified service. And so I need to have some semantics when I go and look at that. And I'm going to have to weave in, in that page and make it unique. Can this be done over thousands of pages? Yeah, over a year. Have, have an SEO guy that's fighting for those pages to create uniqueness, modifying the H2s, adding unique images. This is not what a bot can do. A bot can rip out a thousand landing pages. And then what you can do from there is find out which ones are working and ranking and delete the others. So maybe that's a buckshot approach. You can do it that way too. I rip out 100 pages, find out which of them are working, leave the others, because if they're not doing anything, they're not necessarily hurting our other pages, because Google's not going to show a Wasso arborist to my Sepulpa arborist search. It's just going to say this one's more applicable. If it has the same content, it can have duplicate content and thin content issues. That's why I would suggest, if you are going to do that, go in there and finesse them. Continue to optimize them. Make them feel real, because who's it about? The user. And who's it end with? The user. Hey guys, just a few quick things before you go. First, if you've been enjoying the Digital Marketing Lab podcast, please hit subscribe on your podcast device or share it with a friend. Second, if you have any questions that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, please reach out to us, William at NozakConsulting.com or Dave at NozakConsulting.com. And last, but certainly not least, we are now accepting speaking invitations. If you have a conference or trade show coming up and you need a guest speaker, please reach out to William at nozakconsulting.com. And as always, thanks for listening.